Hello and welcome to the Fire Podcast. I'm Ryan Rhodes. On today's episode, growing up prophetically gifted without proper guidance left her depressed and frustrated. An invitation and encounter with Holy Spirit that changed everything. And how do we disciple those who operate in the seer realm? Sarah is a prophetic voice and founder of the Her Tribal Community. She utilizes spiritual insight and coaching to unlock the prophetic voice within women and to aid them in receiving the strategies of heaven for the world around them through intercession. Milka and I loved this conversation with Sarah. She is prophetic and powerful, and you can sense the authority that she carries. And uh, uh, you won't want to miss part one of this conversation. This is part two. So if you miss that first half, you'll want to jump to episode 34. Otherwise, keep listening because in this episode, um, she shares about a, an encounter that really shaped her, uh, shaped her life and impacted her in a really deep way. Um, and I, the, this is my favorite part of the whole conversation uh, was this encounter. So hope you enjoy it. I think it's really going to bless you. If this podcast has blessed you, uh, would you please consider giving a one-time gift or monthly support of the podcast so we can can continue to grow and expand our reach? Right now, I believe we are in 31 nations, which is incredible uh, and growing. Our audience is growing and the testimonies are just keep coming in and it's been rather incredible. Um, we feel like we're just along for the ride. So, um, please consider supporting this podcast. You can do so by going to firemovement.com slash support, uh, as well as uh, be sure to share this, like like our posts on social media, share them with your friends, um, share this podcast. There's somebody you know who needs to hear this podcast. So reach out to them, suggest it to them, and uh, and let us know. Let us know how this, this podcast has, has impacted you. You can either uh, direct message us on Instagram, and our Instagram handle is at EncounterFire, or you can contact us through the website, uh, but we'd love to hear from you. So we're going to jump into this conversation after a quick sponsor segment. Religion loves Jesus the teacher, is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. Because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the, the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. But you got to go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth, he's worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's, there's nothing, this, this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you, is standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly and you don't let anything else stop you, and if you'll, if you'll align yourself with who you are as a son or daughter of God, there is nothing that can stop you. This is the Fire Podcast. 
Okay, so Sarah, my question that we ended the last uh, the last part of the conversation, part one, episode thirty four. I asked you the question. Um, can you can you just share a little bit about what it was like growing up? You've you've got um, clearly a prophetic call on you. You hear God. You get visions, dreams. Um, you you mentioned that you had had words of knowledge and, and knew things you didn't really recognize that was God or that was a word of knowledge or a foreknowing or any of that. Can you can you speak to that? I think that's really important for people because um, there, there's people who are listening who are either developing their gifts or don't even believe yeah. that they have anything like that. But as you're as you're going to speak about this, they're going to realize like, oh, wait, this happened when I was this age and I knew this. And they're going to see how God has been speaking. So can you just share some of those stories and, and what that was like as you began to realize what was God and um, yeah. even though you didn't think it was at first? Yeah, definitely. Um, I love sharing these stories with people. Um, it, it's funny because when you start to share the testimonies, you're right. People wake up and they realize like, I've had that too my whole life, you know? Um, so for me, I, it sounds strange, but like I always had conversations with God. It was just, you know, very young. Like I have memories of just three, four years old remembering being with the father, you know, like, uh, being with him in heaven Mm -hmm. and, conversation was like every day just talking to him easily and hearing his thoughts I I I never heard a voice it was almost as if I could just picture his thoughts and and Hmm. I'm definitely a feeler um for me I, I pick up on atmospheres I pick up in discernment so when I was little I could just feel God and there's not a lot of language I can put around that, but I, I would just feel his heart. I'd feel his love. I'd feel when things made him sad, you know, even as a little kid, when I would see people sinning, I didn't even know that it was sin. I just knew that it was making God sad. Um, and it would, you know, it would make me feel sad. And so, um, I felt a lot as a child. I didn't understand that was discernment at that time. Um, but I would always kind of know what to say to people. Um, and I was just very bold, it, it kind of like dangerously fearless as a child where my parents would turn around and I'd be kind of gone <laughs> and they'd find me like talking to a complete stranger. <laughs> and once I knew how to like evangelize, once I knew like this is what you say to someone so they realize who Jesus is and that he died for them. Like once I knew that, I was hooked. Like. I would be, you know, wow. in the car waiting for my mom at the store and I'd be like, dad, there is someone asking for money. I need to go talk to them right now. And I remember there was a woman um, and she was, you know, she was asking for money and I was a little kid and I was like, I don't, I don't have money, but I need to go tell her about Jesus. And I asked my dad if I could get off the car and I didn't know what to say to her, but I remember, I remember I had learned the story of how um, Peter was walking to the temple and there was the the uh lame man begging and that he said you know silver and gold i don't have but here's what i have and i walked up to that woman i don't know i was maybe like six or seven and i was like silver and gold i don't have but i have jesus (laughs) and i remember she just Mm. looked at me like what (laughs) i was like (laughs) now i think about him like i probably would never say that now (laughs) right 
but like that's that beautiful. fearlessness yeah uh-huh. just you know like kids are not afraid we just kids yes. just believe when you're a child you just believe you take God at his word you know his character so you know purely it's it's so beautiful and so um yeah uh, I would say for me it was a lonely journey as a child because when I would speak of things that I knew or um, talk about you know thoughts that I had and experiences with the father it was just not what norm normal kids were doing um, I literally played church in my room I would like line up all my stuffed animals on my bed and I would like <laughs> got this little desk that I had I know such a weird kid like why were you not outside playing tag um and I like built this little pulpit but this is like what I saw at church and like my heart knew like this is what I'm called to and I would like do altar calls with like my stuffed animals and my my little sister you know and she would I forced her to raise her hand so I could like pray with her um but that was like (laughs) that was like my fun game right um And so, yeah, I didn't have a lot of language. I didn't know who to talk to about, you know, things that I would see. Um, I was a seer as well. And so um, there was a lot of darkness that I would be exposed to. um, And a lot of fear would come in because as as a child, you don't understand why you're feeling the way you feel. I mean, I remember walking into stores and this like fear would just overwhelm me. I didn't understand, like I was discerning a spirit of fear, right? Um, I dealt with a lot of depression as a child, but again, I didn't understand. I was absorbing that in the atmosphere mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to combat it. I didn't know how to fight it. Mm-hmm. My parents really didn't either. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I struggled a lot with spiritual warfare and I didn't even understand it. I didn't know how to you know, process it. I didn't know what to do with it. Um, a lot of like torment in my dreams as well. Um, and as I got older, I just, I started suppressing it, you know, because it wasn't really like no one knew what to do with it. And so I just thought like, well, people are looking at me like I'm weird. You know, I should probably not talk about these things anymore. Um, and even as I got older into my like teenage years, again, like I said, I, struggled a lot with spiritual warfare, struggled a lot with anxiety and fear and depression and didn't understand um, that I could shift that, right? If I walked into um, a store or, you know, an atmosphere that I didn't need to stay in the fear, but, you know, I was discerning that so that I could shift that. I had no clue until later years. And so um, I kind of adopted this mentality that I just struggled with mental illness, you know, and that I was going to live on, um, you know, antidepressants for the rest of my life. And that was kind of the diagnosis that my parents got for me um, and was just really tormented with fear. And I thought that, like, I'm just going to struggle with mental illness my whole life. And it wasn't until way later that I started understanding, like, okay, this is a gift and I'm discerning something and I can shift it and I can speak into it and I have authority over it Um, and so that was hard that was really hard Mm -hmm. as a child Mm -hmm. and as a teenager to I just wanted to be a normal teenager right I just want to go to high school and go to football games and like do all those things but 
you're seeing things in the spirit, you're knowing things in the spirit. And, um, you know, we weren't talking about that in youth group, you know, so (laughs) it's kind of Mm -hmm. like suppress it, push it down. Um, and so now that I've learned what to do with that, I've, I've embraced the prophetic gift on my life. You know, I've spoken to so many other people, so many other women, um, that have just we've we've talked and they've just wept and said I've had the same experience as a child and I didn't know what to do with it and just like the the weight lifted off of them you know and something just breaks over them when they realize like God gave this to me as a gift right it's not something that is supposed to torment me and that I have power and authority to move against the enemy um it's it's powerful to see people wake up in that so um yeah, those are just some of the things. Um, but I would literally see like the points of like spiritual pain in people. I could see, you know, um, fear inside them. I could see weights on top of them. Um, I could see like breastplates, breastplates of oppression on people. Like I would see it on their chest. Um, and it's just, it's crazy. Like not knowing what that is, um, as a, as a little kid, um, it was definitely lonely for a long time. Hmm. What, what would have been helpful for your parents to like, we're in a, we're in a situation where we, you're basically describing our daughter. Like that's, Mm. that's how she is. Even today I was like starting to cook and she stopped and she's like, Papa, she's like, Jesus is praying for us right now. Come over here. Mm. And like, she's had these time and like Mm -hmm. and the presence of god was so tangible um and so she actually was realizing something that was happening and she just had had stuff like that but then we've experienced the other side of it too where um we have neighbors um we're in a duplex and so Mm -hmm. um our neighbors were burning uh sage and stuff Mm -hmm. and they're doing stuff Mm -hmm. over there and um and she can, she's experiencing it and like, yeah. doesn't really understand it. And so we're figuring out like, okay, we know this about her. Um, and even, even her doctor, luckily her doc, doctor's a believer and was like talking to us about how actually most kids experience this kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm a firm believer that most kids are seers. And I think, yeah. I think that's yeah. been increasing by generation. I think the, mm-hmm. the level of the seer anointing on, on each generation yeah. is, is stronger. Yes. And so mm-hmm. what, how can we actually help? Um, how, how can we, and, and I'll say this too, like, it's interesting. You, you talked about how that led you into depression and stuff. Cause you didn't mm-hmm. understand what was on you and yeah. stuff. And like, you're describing Gen Z, like that mm-hmm. was Alex and I, a majority of our conversation and, mm-hmm. and the, the Alex Bergen's episodes were us talking about Gen Z and their identity in depression and anxiety yeah. and, and how messed up they are. And, and all that so it's clear that this is a big issue and if parents understood if leaders understood if even people just trying to reach other people if we understood how to help with that it would go a long way Mm so what would what would your recommendations be what what would have helped you growing up Hmm. that's a good question i think um all of my daughters um are dreamers um one of them has a big big uh, gift of of seer and she's seen angels right in front of her and but also sees the demonic as well and so it i've actually 
been able to live out that question because, you know, when I started to see the gift of God on their life and the calling and just like overwhelmed with like, whoa, they, they are highly prophetic, right? Like it was almost like an opportunity for me to provide what I didn't have. Um, and so, um, creating obviously like hosting the Holy Spirit in your home, um, is priority, right? Like just friendship and intimacy with Holy Spirit is normal. Like that is just baseline normal every single day. Like we talk about Holy Spirit, um, I mean, he's, he's there with us, like so present. Um, and I grew up kind of feeling like Holy Spirit was this like floaty, you know, um, I don't know, kind of like Tinkerbell, like Holy Spirit's there to, you know, (laughs) drop some fairy dust on us when we need Mm -hmm. it. It, He wasn't a person, you know, he wasn't like a best friend. Um, and, and I didn't have a relationship with him. So I grew up feeling very distant from, you know, Holy Spirit, even though I had seen like manifestations of that, I saw people fall out, I saw people speak in tongues, I spoke in tongues at a young age, but um, I I didn't see friendship and relationship modeled well with Holy Spirit, it was kind of just like he showed up when we needed him, um, you know, in the church, and I think that's, that's so foundational, is to teach your children to enjoy relationship with Holy Spirit, Mm-hmm. Um, one, and then, um, we practiced a lot, like, um, you know, my girls are dreamers. And so I, I am not, I, that's not like my, my primary gifting. And so I remember, uh, they were just dreaming like crazy. And I was like, I can't interpretate this, like, but I could feel it. They were really frustrated, you know, as so they're trying to process and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to show up and create space for us to process this but I need you to carve out space in me to help them because I'm not a dreamer right and it was like several months of me going after that in the spirit and it wasn't like because I just wanted a new gift right like I just wanted to now interpretate dreams it was like out of necessity for my babies right and I'm like I want to give them every opportunity to thrive in their gifts so lord carve that out in me and i so i started going after it in the spirit i started learning and growing and seeking um and i would just get up and pray and just like ask the lord to show up in my dreams so i had a season of where like i was practicing that gift and he did begin to give me dreams and they were wild like and then i started asking him like teach me how to interpretate you know like i gotta help my girls see that this is you lord and, and to create excitement around it rather than fear. I think for me, like, again, a lot of the things that I experienced, I was afraid of because I didn't have anyone saying, like, you're okay. Like, this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to step into this together. Um, and so I think partnering with your kids mm-hmm. and creating, like, a safe environment and pointing out that it's a beautiful thing um i remember my middle yeah yeah that this it, this it's a mm-hmm. gift right um my yeah. middle girl she was having a lot of warfare at night and um like crazy stuff guys like really tormenting seasons um and the lord was really dealing with you know making sure that we were creating an atmosphere of purity in our home you know when you have highly spiritually sensitive kids you know hypersensitive kids in the spirit um like i was it's gonna cost you in a different way 
you know, you're going to have to teach mm. your kids a lifestyle of purity. Um, and that that's a prophetic lifestyle, right? Um, and kind of set up, being set apart from things um, because of who you are, because of the gift on your life. And so I was doing that as a parent. I was kind of saying, like, we're not going to allow this in our home. We're not going to listen to this. We're going to surround ourselves, create this atmosphere. Um, and she cried out one time. I remember she was like, I don't want this anymore, Mom. I don't know why God would make me this way. I don't know why I can't sleep, but I'm tired and I don't want this gift because I was trying to like encourage her and tell her like, you're a dreamer and you know, you're like, you're like Daniel and you're like these people in the Bible. And she was like, I don't want to be like them. And I just cried out to the Lord and I was like, Lord, show her the beautiful things in the spirit, like nurture her gift and show her why this is something that, you know, is so cool for her so you know I had to go like superheroes right and I'm talking to her I'm like it's like the Avengers like you have an awesome (laughs) game you know like you're trying to find where to meet your kids you know where they're at and I remember that conversation like changed her life she was like okay I get it now um but you know God God began to show her um the beauty of her gift and that she could help people prophetically so she actually started having dreams for people in our church and she'd wake up and be like mom I dream about this 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 and this and all of a sudden I mean this was like around breakfast right so what we would do is we'd wake up and I'd be like who had a dream last night like we're gonna have pancakes and we're gonna talk about our prophetic dreams and so it was like our processing table and we would be talking about the strangest things but it became (laughs) our normal right and it wasn't weird anymore and here we are, the, you know, me and my girls, and we're interpreting dreams. And, and, um, and she started sharing them with the people in our church. And I mean, grown adults would just start weeping because she knew something mm-hmm. that was like hidden in their heart. And they began to come true, you know, and people would come back and be like, how did she know that? You know, and it was so pure, right? Like, I love that God gives it to the little ones because, People can't deny that, right? It wasn't for, you know, um, to gain popularity or to gain respect. Kids are just kids, right? They're like, here's what I got. Um, And so Mm -hmm. she began to see that it was powerful and that it was helping people. Um, And I I remember the time she, she saw an angel at our church and she came and told me the details, like so detailed of what the angel looked like and what the angel told her. And I just... I just wept because I, I mean, God had answered my prayer and my mama's heart, like help her to value the gift of God on her life. And, um, that was like over a period of several years, but, um, but, uh, they were hands on, you know, like they really learned how to war in the spirit, um, over that season and how to operate in their gifts. And so, um, long answer, <laughs> that's just a little bit that's of it because each of them, you know, have their own gifts. But um, yeah, friendship with Holy Spirit, making it normal, giving them space to process their gifts without, um, you know, looking at them weird or, you know, like, I don't understand. And if there was something I didn't know, I would go after it. I'd be like, we're going to figure this out. Um, I also welcomed a lot of people that were greater in their experience than I was, you know? And so people around us, other women of God 
that had different gift sets than I did that could really nurture them um, Mm. because they get to that age where they don't want to hear it from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I'm like, it doesn't need to be all about me, right? It takes a village. And so I've I've really welcomed a lot of women um, that walk in authority and are strong in their identity and their gifts um, so they could see it modeled, you know, all across the board. So... Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of those things were really good. I love that. Yay. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that before I take this a uh, different direction? No. I'm just thinking about a lot of things with Sophia now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. really exciting. You guys are like aware of that. Yeah. And yeah, she makes it hard not to be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just been really impressed by her. I, I also, I think um, it would be really easy as a parent to gloss over what's happening mm-hmm. and not take yes. it seriously. Because yeah. um, she, she kept, one of the things she kept saying is that she had, and I might have said this in the last podcast actually, because we talked about this stuff a little bit, but she kept saying that she, like these different nights that Jesus would come and pray for her. And like, and she had a couple times where she got healed of stuff doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Where, where like she'd be better and she's like, yeah, Jesus came and prayed for me last night, but then she'd yeah. be healed. And we're like, okay, this is interesting. And like, I don't even know where she got the language of like Jesus coming to pray for her. Like, yeah. like that Jesus is praying. Cause we pray to Jesus, right. you know, mm-hmm. but him as our, as our intercessor, like, she's known that yes. and like mm-hmm. he he prays for her. so anyways yeah. i just i one well, my my main prayer for my kids has consistently been inviting the spirit of what wisdom and revelation holy mm-hmm. spirit to reveal jesus um to them yeah. and for her then she started having these encounters with jesus and she's talking about him. it'd be really easy to be like oh yeah she just hears us talk about jesus like it's just in her imagination but the first time I went to think like that, I felt like Holy Spirit checked me really quick mm-hmm. um, and reminded me of my prayer. And I was like, oh, this is mm-hmm. this is legitimate, like what's happening. Yeah. And other people may not believe it, but I'm not going to. I think our belief in it will put fuel on the fire. And if we yeah. don't take it seriously, we will begin mm-hmm. to stifle what, what God's doing in her. So yeah. yes. we're just trying 100%. to seek wisdom. <laughs> yeah. So good. I, it reminds me of a specific moment and this is where I was tempted to be like, eh, yeah, you're just, you're just a kid. <laughs> but I didn't feed into that. Um, yeah. I remember we were outside in the backyard. This was a few months ago and she's out there playing and then she just stops and looks at me and says, mama, Jesus, he's calling me to my room. He's saying, Sophia, come here. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I immediately I had the thought of, she's just a two-year-old, you know, like she's just making up little stories in her head. But then there was this other side that was like, feed into it. Because Mm -hmm. even if it's just her with her imagination, it's opening her up to these things. And so right after she said that, I said, well, baby, if Jesus is calling you, you go, go, Mm -hmm. go to your room. And she got up so quick. She was sitting on the grass playing, got up so quick and took off running to her room. Wow. And then she came back like a minute later. And mm-hmm. um, 
And I was like, what did Jesus say to you? And she said, he was talking to me about crafts. And <laughs> and that was it. And she just like went back to playing. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Um, but that to me was like a moment where I really felt like Holy Spirit was like that's it that's all you have to do just believe it and I was like all right and it's been so much more since then it's just been all the time so consistent yeah can I can I speak into that Milka yeah when you were saying that and I know all kids are creative right like they love mm-hmm. paints and they love Play-Doh and they love, but while you were saying that, um, you know, you were saying like, even if it was just in her imagination, right. But there's a realm of imagination, right. That the Lord works in. And when you, when you said that, she said, Jesus was talking to me about crafts. I just felt the Lord say that they're, <laughs> that she's highly creative. And again, like you could mm. sit there and you could say, well, all kids are creative, but I just feel like the Lord actually has anointed her. Um, for creative miracles and it might it might flow in the the medium of art Um, I don't know yet you know we'll watch and see but she has an anointing to to flow in creative miracles and so whether that comes through music or art um there's going to be miracles that flow from her, which she will break off strongholds through creative miracles. And so just continue to mm. nurture that. God is giving you a unique um, influence, Milka, as her mother. Not that Ryan doesn't have it, but there's some connection between you and her that your voice mm. speaks volumes into that. Nurture that in her. Her belief will grow. Her faith will grow. Um, and it will be like a grid, like your voice. I just see it like a grid and a framework for what God is going to build through Sophia. So Lord, I just bless that now. I bless that on Milka right now, father, that she would just be become more and more aware of the weight that her voice has in her daughter's life, Lord, and that you would just give her an awareness to um, see the value of her words in Sophia and that she is shaping the future of, of her daughter Sophia with her words now. Lord, I thank you that she is a woman that builds with her words. Mm-hmm. And so I thank you for the unique bond that they share, Lord. And I thank you for what you are waking up in Sophia through her mother's voice, which you are waking up even now in Milka, Lord God. Um, mm-hmm. And we just bless that. The realm of imagination for imagination for Sophia, the realm of creativity, and that she would have many more conversations with Jesus about craft time, Lord, and the creative miracles that that daughter, that beautiful daughter, is going to do in Jesus' name. Hmm. Sorry, I didn't want to oh. miss that. That was good. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. That was good. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, it's interesting because when we started this call and you were talking about the mama bear, mm-hmm. I was reminded. So two weeks ago, we had a speaker at our church and he prayed for Sophia and I. Um, and normally, like, we all stand together as a family, but Sophia and I were off on our own and he prayed over us. 
And the whole time I thought, oh, he's just saying this because he thinks I'm a single mom. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I walked away and I was like, okay, interesting. Um, but he just, he prophesied over us and he said, you are not alone. The Lord mm-hmm. is with you. He mm-hmm. said that over me and he said over her, you are not alone, little girl. The Lord is with you. Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking like, okay, I think he thinks I'm a single mom. She doesn't have a dad, you know, and I just kind of like walked away. I don't know why immediately my mind went there, but it did. And so (laughs) I walk away and when this call first started and you were talking about the mama bear thing, I was like, wait, that's not what that was. Like there was Mm -hmm. actually something there um, that was for myself and for her. But once you Mm -hmm. started prophesying, I was like, oh my gosh, there was something there Um, because I shared that word with our friends and one of my friends immediately said that she was reminded of Joshua 1.9 and um, where it's like, the Lord will go with you wherever you go. And I was like, okay, I was like, and so anyway, as you were sharing, I was like, wow, that is what that was. Like, it was something that's specifically for her and I, but... Yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing that because that really brought so much confirmation and clarity to that. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally saw your voice like a, like igniting something in her as you mm. speak over her. There's just, it's almost, it was like little, like little sparks that were just going off in her every time she hears you affirming her. So it's powerful. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. Thank you. It's mm-hmm. wow. so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, um, can you share any, like, is there is there an encounter you can point to or, or speak about that really was just life-changing? Um, changed you in a really profound way life Mm -hmm. looked different after that encounter you thought different you looked different anything like that yes um i'm trying to think which one to share um you can also share more than one if you want to there's one i think i kind of want to share but it is weird (laughs) that was an encounter i had with holy spirit and it was okay you guys okay you're weird (laughs) great um it was an encounter i had with holy spirit um and again like super visual but um it changed me forever it was that time that i realized that like i didn't have relationship with holy spirit i i had relationship with the father really intimate relationship with jesus he was my friend but Holy Spirit was kind of just this this thing, like this power that sometimes showed up when we needed him. And actually, I was kind of afraid of it. Um, and I just felt really unworthy. And um, I felt like he couldn't work through me, you know. And there had been, like, people that had prophesied, like, you know, you're going to move in signs and wonders and you're going to move in healing. And um, I just never believed it. Like, I just thought, like, not me, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not worthy of that. Like, that's not who I am. Um, and I could never figure out why. But I remember there was this time, and I was just like, you know, spending time with the Lord and reading my Bible, journaling, and 
I felt Holy Spirit like in my room so tangible. It was thick and it was like it just stopped me in my tracks like you're here. And I remember feeling him. It's odd, but I remember feeling him smiling. I didn't see it, but I could feel him smiling. And I remember him saying like, you don't know me as a person. I'm a person and I, I want to have a friendship with you. Like I want a relationship with you. And that was something I had known with Jesus, but not with Holy Spirit. And, and so I was kind of like intimidated by it. Like I really was scared. Like, what's that going to look like? You know, like I got Jesus figured out and I got father figured out, but I don't get you Holy Spirit. And it really was just like this place of feeling unworthy. I didn't feel good enough um, for what Holy Spirit had for me. And so it was like years. It was probably like a good two years of cultivating, okay, Holy Spirit, like what does this look like? You know, how do you want to show up? How how are we supposed to be friends? That was such a new concept for me. Um, and for me, it was like Holy Spirit only moved through special people. You know, it was like when the prophet showed up and the evangelist showed up, they were the ones that just laid people out on the floor and they were the ones that did the healing miracles, but not me, you know. Um, And so maybe like a year and a half, two years later, again, I was just like spending time with the Lord and I had this vision um, and there was a little girl inside of a pure white room. It was so radiant, like just the like white as snow. But the walls were empty, and there was nothing in the room. It was just all white. And there was this little girl that was wearing a dress that I used to wear when I was probably about five years old. And I recognized the dress. And she was just standing in the middle of the room. She had the same, like, long brown hair that I had. And it was almost like if she was kind of like a robot turned off. I know this sounds weird. No activity, no movement, no life in her. And I was sort of watching this from, you know, a corner of the room and all of a sudden like a door opened and I saw this beautiful light (laughs) with a giant smile like that's the only way I could explain it It was just this radiant glorious like colorful light with a smile and I knew it was Holy Spirit like I knew he was there in the room and I remember hearing him say do you want me to come in and that vision I stood in that vision for like a month I had that vision reoccurring for a month and I didn't have an answer for him. I remember I just kept hearing him like, do you want me to come into the room with you? And I knew the little girl was me. And I was so afraid. Like, I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen when you come in. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Like, I just had this fear for like a month. And I remember there was the time when I finally said yes. I was in another... Uh, moment of just like intimacy with the Lord. And I finally said, okay, yes, I want you to come in. Um, And so Holy Spirit comes into the room and all of a sudden this crazy wind just starts whipping around the room. And it was almost like you could see it. And it was, it was wind mixed with color. It was like a rainbow just like flying around the room and it was wrapping the little girl. Her hair was moving And I moved forward in the vision to see her, and she didn't have a face. It was kind of creepy. Like, there's this beautiful little girl, but Mm. she didn't have a face. And I could feel the spirit moving around her with with the color. And all of a sudden, it was like she woke up and she came to life. And this face appeared before her. 
and the color started moving into her and the Holy Spirit just like wrecked me. I mean, I remember, (laughs) I don't remember much after that point, you know, after I had said come in and the colors came in through that vision, I just remember waking up on the floor (laughs) and I had been like, like wet with tears, you know, like I I don't know how long I was there, like on the floor, like weeping Mm. in the spirit. Mm. But I woke up out of that encounter and it was almost as if I had like come to life in a way I'd never experienced before. And there was a joy and a lightness and just this feeling of being awake again, like rebaptized again. And all of the fear that I had of Holy Spirit and just, you know, being in intimacy with him and like just the wild things of God. Like I feel like Holy Spirit's so wild and so creative and all of that color and all of the wind, you know, you really do have to like yield to him because you can't contain him. You can't figure him out. You know, he's going to do crazy Mm -hmm. wild things. And I think that was what I was afraid of is like, I can't control this. I can't control the encounter. I can't control what he wants to do through me. Um, and so just, at that point, I feel like I really received relationship with Holy Spirit. Um, and it woke up something in my little girl heart. We were talking about that inner child that I think I lost when I was a little girl. I think I had it when I was a child. And somewhere along the way, it died in me. And that encounter woke it back up. And so I definitely saw the prophetic in a new way after that point. Um, I started moving in more... Um, words of knowledge for healing um, and deliverance after that, um, where I just knew the point, like the wounds of people's souls. I I knew things about their childhood. I knew things about um, the trauma that they had. Like it was was amazing. It was almost scary how much I knew about people, but I was able to move in healing and deliverance in a way I had never had before. Um, so that was, that was probably one of the most impactful experiences that changed me and then like woke up a new area of ministry for me, um, through that encounter. Mm -hmm. So it was a weird vision, but (laughs) it was cool. Wow. Yeah. Can you, can you pray over people who might feel that fear of, of going deeper Mm -hmm. with Holy Spirit or might even feel like a blockage in, in building that relationship Mm -hmm. with him? Yeah. However you feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for encountering those that are listening where they are right now. I thank you for coming and just overwhelming them with your goodness, your kindness. I thank you for those who have been hungry their whole life for genuine, authentic friendship, connection, relationship with you. And I pray that you would meet them and you would satisfy them. I thank you that you desire to nurture what the Father has placed on the inside of them. 
And I just pray that you would begin to pour out your nurturing heart on them and that they would just yield, yield and submit to that place of love and intimacy. And that fear would just run in terror. Any trace of fear now, in Jesus' name, as they yield to you, Holy Spirit, that fear would run away far from them, in Jesus' name. And I just pray that every wall that they've built to protect themselves from you or any places of feeling unworthy, that you would just wrap your spirit wind around those places and you would come in and you would just soak those places with your love. In Jesus' name, bring your joy. Yeah. I just see Holy Spirit laughing over some of you. Just receive that laughter and that joy now. I just feel the power of God over the laughter of the Spirit over you. Some of you are even going to begin to laugh out in the Spirit as you hear this. And things are going to be broken off of you. Fear and torment. Intimidation, a spirit of intimidation is going to be broken off of you. And I would just welcome you to participate in that with the Holy Spirit and laugh. Laugh at fear. Laugh at intimidation. Because it's breaking. It's breaking in Jesus' name. There's power in your laughter with the Holy Spirit right now. Just receive that and receive the joy of the Spirit. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Mm, so good. So you posted something on um, on Instagram not too long ago about um, about feeling intimidated uh, by men in ministry. Am I saying that right? Is that that fair? Um, yeah. And. And so I just I wanted to I want to bring that up and and just kind of ask you to share a little bit about what that looked like, mm. what the um, as you as you were praying and just you started saying intimidation I thought of that and I was like yeah. oh we should talk about that um, just some of what you felt what made you feel that way and what has what has helped begin to heal your heart in that and then mm. also if you can speak to um, what how can men begin to support powerful women? Um, mm. Because I, I think one of the things I really appreciate about Justin, and I know um, I've, I've received really similar words as him, but like in the, in the realm of like being a, a champion of women um, and yeah. having um, one of the first words when I got filled with Holy Spirit was I was going to be surrounded by a lot of sisters and be a really mm. great brother to a lot of sisters. Um, awesome. And then I wa- I've watched that, that play out and, yeah. Justin is he's such a especially when it comes to women in ministry um yeah. has really stood up um for women mm-hmm. in ministry and stuff so um what to make it clear what was it like what was the intimidation what's and, and what has begun to heal that and what can men yeah. do to begin to support the powerful women in our lives oh good question um yeah I think women in leadership, um, you know, is a, is a hot topic, right? 
um, in church. And I feel like for me, um, men leaders really didn't know what to do with me because I didn't fit the mold of what women did or looked like within church. Um, And so, you know, I was definitely more of a communicator. I wanted to get up and speak and preach. Um, I wanted to, you know, get sharpened and equipped and trained. And I was hungry for mentorship. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of leaders would see the gift and the call of God on my life and then just not know where to put me, not know what to do with me. Um, and I, I've sat with a lot of women that have similar stories and just wept with them, you know, and there was one particular time where, um, you know, I was on a teaching team for uh, student ministry, right? And so, the gift was welcomed for me to teach and be on a rotation. And I remember there was like a meeting for all the men. I was the only woman on the teaching team. Um, and so there was a time of like mentorship and discipleship. And there was a meeting for all the teachers and it was all men. And I didn't get invited. And I remember thinking, but I'm on the teaching team. Like, I want to grow. I want to get equipped. I want to get sure. I want the mentorship from, you know, our, our pastor. He's an amazing teacher. Like I want the impartation. Right. Um, and I didn't get invited. And I remember I was like, no, I'm going to that meeting. (laughs) And so I showed up, I found out where that thing was and I showed up and I sat there and I was like, I'm going to get this blessing and I'm going to get this impartation. I'm going to learn whatever the men are learning, right? And whether or not other women wanted to be there or not, I was hungry for it, right? And so I put my two cents in and I, you know, had a voice and um, you could feel the tension, like kind of like, why are you here? You're not supposed to, you weren't invited. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really didn't care um, at that point, you know, Um And so I've felt that from a lot of women, you know, people have said like, you know, I've been the only woman in certain meetings sometimes, and you feel bad. You feel bad that you're there. You, you're looked at like, you know, why do you want to be here? None of the other women want to be here, but there's something inside of you that's attracted to, you know, um, what other, what men are able to do within the church and within ministry. And you can't, control that like God put that on the inside of you right you're gonna go after that um and so I think that's really hard to navigate um and some circles you can feel the tension you can feel you know um you weren't invited you're not wanted here um you know if you're in a church where women are not allowed to speak and you have a speaking gift that's incredibly frustrating. No one's pouring into you. And so you typically have to leave that place and go find where you're allowed to grow and be sharpened and be nurtured there. And so, um, you know, being a prophetic woman that, you know, you know you're called to speak into things with correction sometimes, that was not looked on well. You know, I'd be in staff meetings and I would feel the Spirit of God giving me a, a a direction, you know, or giving me a prophetic word for how the church was supposed to move or how we were supposed to step into the next season of worship or prayer, you know, and 
And when you have the word of the Lord on the inside of you and you're giving like, hey, this is where God's going and no one's listening or, you know, you're just kind of shut down. It's um, it's very discouraging, you know. Um, so, you know, there's there's definitely been times where you've um, kind of been told, you know, like, this isn't for you. Um, without going into a lot of detail. And so I just I just had a lot of wounds, you know, from being on different ministry teams. And, you know, like I said, I was a children's ministry director. And there was so many other things I wanted to go after in prayer and intercession. I wanted to get out into the streets and move, you know, more apostolically and partner with our schools and our city. And it was like, no, 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 you go back and you do children's ministry. And that's what you get to do as a woman. Um, you can plan events for the women's ministry. You can speak at the women's conference, but that's it. And so um, I think God was just really uh, nurturing a lot more in me. And I was really confused and really conflicted. Like, why is God pulling this out of me? And I have nowhere to put it. I don't know what to do with it. Um, And so, yeah, there was a lot of um, wounds. And I think like God has brought me into an environment where men are secure enough in their sonship to stand alongside women and to bless women. And yeah, Justin has been amazing in that area and just championing women and standing up for that. There's a lot of leaders in locally that um, I run with that have just, I think God has brought them in my life to heal that specific wound. And so that picture that I posted I was really vulnerable. That's a part of a leadership cohort that, um, that I've been a part of for two years. And so those people know me very well. And I was just being very vulnerable, feeling like, you know, this season has wore me out. I've had so much warfare. Um, I wanted to give up so much. And I was just sharing with these brothers. And they stopped everything. And they anointed me with oil. And... Um, they just prayed over me that the Lord was training my hands for war and to run with God. And I mean, like I was a mess, you know, I I just Mm -hmm. hadn't had a lot of that in my walk um, where it wasn't competitive and men didn't feel threatened to stand alongside women. But, you know, you were, um, you were an ally, you know, God calls women easers and that means strong ally you know, he called God calls himself an easer in the Bible and it means rescuer. Right. And so I love, um, that men sons are waking up to that truth and they are being Mordecai's right. And they are, um, getting healed and whole. Like if I could say anything to men and to the sons of God is we need your wholeness, right? We need your healthy masculinity. We need sons and daughters whole because it's the plan of God. So, um, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with women who have felt similarly and, um, and, uh, definitely we need to heal in those areas so that we could run faster with our, our brothers. Hmm. So good. Wow. Do you have anything? Mm-mm. Um, the last question I had for you, um, are you are you feeling anything like do you have a word for this season for the body for the country for anything anything that's been burning in you 
Um, I think the most recent burning word in me, I just actually posted it a few days ago, and it was a vision that I had gotten several months ago, and I was just kind of sitting on it, like, what do you want me to do with it, Lord? Um, but it was um, it was a vision of Jesus standing in front of a basin, and um, I was kind of witnessing many different people come up to this bowl and Jesus was welcoming them to wash their hands. Um, I didn't know what was inside the bowl, but when it was my turn to go, there was like liquid fire inside of this bowl. And so people were going up to it and it was almost as if they were staring into the bowl for a very long time. And I just felt like the Lord was saying, like, they're still deciding. They're still deciding what they're going to do with my fire. And so some people would look quickly and they would just walk away. Others would stay there for a while deciding and then they would leave. And when I came up to the the bowl and saw the fire, I just felt the Lord say, will you wash? Will you wash your hands? Will you be made clean in my fire? And then my attention was like pulled towards, you know, uh, these fields, like endless fields of wheat and it was interesting because the sky actually didn't write this in there um but the sky was like it was like a horrible storm there was just dark clouds it was thunder and lightning and it was like a terrifying storm up in the heavens but people were out in the fields bringing in the harvest in the middle of a horrible storm and so i just Mm. heard jesus say I won't allow unclean hands to bring in my harvest. And he was inviting people to wash their hands in fire. And you just felt it like, whoa, right? Like only pure hands are going to touch my harvest. And these people were deciding whether or not they were going to let themselves be washed by fire. And some of them just walked away. They never went into the harvest fields. And so I just feel like that is definitely the season that we're in. People are still deciding the level of purity that they're going to walk in. Um, And it reminded me of Psalms 24, right? Like who will ascend to the hill of the Lord and those with the pure heart and clean hands. Mm -hmm. Um, And that very much is the prophetic lifestyle, right? Like that's just the the lifestyle that you live. Um, but it was interesting to me that there was a storm during the harvest season, right? And these people that were picking the harvest were like unaffected by the storm. They, they actually were peaceful in the midst of this thunder and lightning and the raging going on. And they were just faithful, like bringing in the harvest. It wasn't affecting them, but they were the ones that put their hands in that fire and they were washed. And so I think that that is definitely a word for for now and for this time and this season. I think the question still is, will you be washed by fire? And it's just, it's preparation, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, so I've just been personally yeah. like praying yeah. to the Lord of the harvest, like crying out for those who will wash their hands, who will be bold enough. Um, yeah, that's been pretty heavy on my heart. That's such a good word. That is um, it's an amazing word. And literally just yesterday, I read Psalm 24. And Yay, I kept that's awesome. re-reading re- mm. the whole, like, who will ascend the hill of the yeah. Lord. Yeah. Um, it said only those with pure hands and a clean heart, or the other way around. Uh, yeah. Pure heart, clean, yep. Pure heart, <laughs> clean hands. And I was just like, 
oh my gosh, like I couldn't mm-hmm. let go of that. I just kept yes. reading that over and over and over again. Yes. That's just so good. I feel like it's just so confirming. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it really is. There's <laughs> a lot to that. <laughs> There's so mm-hmm. much to that. So much. Yeah. I feel like we're seeing that play out in the church for sure. Yes. And there are a lot of people just walking away from the harvest. It's like mm-hmm. it's easier to walk away and maintain how things are than it is to yeah. be cleansed by fire. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's interesting because hands represent works, you know, like the the work of your mm-hmm. hand, what you put your hand to. So it was just to me like your works going through fire, you know, and being purified and picking up the father's business right now the father's business is the harvest mm-hmm. right like laying down the works that we have done and even though they're good works right like we you know the past mm-hmm. seasons god has had us do different things for different reasons but now the focus is is harvest hmm. yeah and as you shared that word i kept thinking of um not that this is biblical but the midas touch and how King Midas, anything he touched turned to gold. And like I was thinking yeah. about, um, I think it's in Isaiah that it talks about the purification of gold. And like the, mm. the gold's put through the fire. Um, yeah. So essentially anything that's not gold gets burned up and the gold becomes yep. even more pure. Yeah. And the connection of those two, that kept going through my head. And I just, I just made the connection. But if anything, once our hands are purified, anything we touch turns to gold. Like even the harvest... Yeah, like that's really there's something really beautiful about that the people that are being brought in because I, I think that's the biggest yes. issue I've, I've heard several different people say that now where they're like god is actually holding back revival because revival would mean we make more orphans and wow. and which i think is really true um wow because a lot of us haven't been willing to be purified or healed mm-hmm. or any of these other things and we have so many woundings and we just replicate our mess and our dysfunction and so i really do feel like there's something there's something really beautiful about that that we can bring in a a harvest and it could be as we as we pull in the harvest those who are pulled in are are purified and it's something really beautiful yeah i love that ryan i i i totally see where you're going with that that we wouldn't taint like the messy that is on our hands right can't touch Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. new harvest right? So like the old yeah. that we've had before needs to be burned up or else we're going to, we're going to reproduce that. We're going to pass that on that dysfunction or those woundedness and, or wounds. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And I, I've seen it, I've seen it look like, and I've heard this over and over again from other people, but what it oftentimes looks like is, um, a lot of leaders want those who are coming up under them to have to pay the same exact cost. Mm-hmm. And, and what they think that means is you got to go through the same things I went through. And it's like, oh, I had to do this, so you got to do this. And yeah. and there's not the the father's heart in that of like, hey, mm-hmm. my my ceiling really does become your floor. I want to see you go further than I went. Yes. Um, it's a, hey, you got to start back at the same starting line I did and yeah. try to catch up. You know, yep. and, and so I, I think it's a lot of that. Um, mm. That's a really orphan way of looking at sons and daughters. Yeah. It's a competitive way of looking at sons yeah. and daughters versus us bringing in a harvest that we can actually help unlock people and not compete with them, but recognize they, it might be the next Billy Graham that 
you know, you're leading to the Lord or, it, you know, it could be the, the, the person that changes everything, you know, you yes. just never, you never know. Um, you just never know who, who the people are you're touching, um, right. or who's encountering God in your, because of your life. So good. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So, um, how can people connect with you? Yeah, well, social media is the best. Um, I am more active on Instagram, so my personal handle is um, SarahLG5, and then um, Her Tribal is kind of the ministry that I um, help lead, and we do a lot of our um, coaching cohorts and um, equipping and creating community for women um, in their prophetic giftings there, Um, or hertribal.com is our website. You can connect there. And that's her H E R T R I B A L A L. Yes. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so um, there's a final question I ask all my guests. Um, <laughs> and so there's no pressure, but, um, and you can take this, you can take the next couple of minutes, however long you need. I know you said you have a teaching and preaching gift, so. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you go for it uh, a few minutes no I'm kidding yeah <laughs> um but yeah so just speak right to our audience if if all of if all of humanity was listening right now um speak mm. right to them what would you say to them you can take a moment to mm. figure compose yourself for a second and then just go speak right to them don't speak to us speak speak to them and go for it and yeah. if you need a minister out of that if you get words and all that whatever you want to do yeah yeah. Floor is yours. Awesome. Thank you guys. Um, I think it goes back to what I was saying for me, like if I could say anything that has been the most powerful thing in my life has been, um, friendship. Like I know we, we talk, we hear a lot about relationship guys, but I think the things that have gotten me through the greatest storms and have anchored me through like some of the most intense warfare and seasons of suffering. You know, I, I love the prophetic. I love ministry. I love studying the scripture. Um, but it's been my friendship with Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit that have kept me from quitting. And I think we are experiencing a season that is making everyone want to quit. And so if I could say anything for this season... And what I've learned is that it has been my friendship that has anchored me and kept me from completely giving up and falling out and not finishing the race well. Um, And I think that's been the assignment of the enemy. So I just want to encourage you, um, especially leaders, especially, you know, you know you're marked, you know you're called, you know there's an anointing on your life. But remembering that your greatest purpose Um, And the greatest desire of Jesus's heart is that you would be a friend and that he would be your friend. And those are the things that anchor you in the times of suffering, the times where you want to give up um, that extreme warfare. Um, That's what's held me. So just staying in that place through this season, like that's going to get us through. Um, that's what's made me, you know, a lover and a warrior is that relationship. That's what's kept me 
And um, I would say, you know, also like remembering ministry opportunities are going to come and go. I think for me, um, discerning between, you know, opportunity and assignment, that's really important during this season. I think knowing your assignments the spirit of god is all over the assignments that heaven initiates on our lives so don't be distracted with what looks good don't be distracted with what you know um is even more socially accepted be weird for jesus let the you know be a foolish thing the bible says that, that he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. And I think for me, I, I prayed a radical prayer. And I said, I'll be a foolish thing for you, Jesus. And when you say that, guess what? You're going to look foolish. You might look crazy. You might be the only one. But he will confound the things of this world with your heart to to step out in that. And so we're coming into a season where we might look like the foolish things, but just yield to that and surrender to that and know that God has assignments for you to walk in in these days and that the glory of God is all over that. And I just want to speak to women right now. There is a movement of women that are coming up in the earth and it is it's been suppressed for far too long for centuries all the way back to the garden where the enemy attacked eve and god is getting ready to just bring that prophecy right that the seed of the woman will crush the enemy's head there's been a war between the enemy and women and God is getting ready to pour out his spirit on women. And so if you feel that stirring in your heart, I just want to encourage you stop hiding in the corner, daughter. Stop suppressing who you are. Stop silencing your voice. The sound of your voice needs to be pointed at darkness in this season. And I just release now heaven's solutions over God's daughters. I just call you divine solutionist. And the earth needs your heart, mama bear. The earth needs your heart, daughter of God. Only your beautiful feminine voice can speak to certain places in the earth. And so just rise up. Just ask the Lord where he wants you to point your voice. Um, and you don't need to be a man to do that. God has created you fearfully and wonderfully and beautifully and feminine on purpose by design. And that is offensive to the enemy. So stand in that with confidence. You have permission from heaven to be who you are, daughter. And so I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord for these daughters rising up and for the mama bear spirit that is being released all over the world. And we just thank you for your daughters standing alongside your sons and your sons standing alongside your daughters, Lord, and bringing forth kingdom in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yes, amen. amen. So good. Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. Uh, I know this is past your bedtime. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks. What time is it? Thanks oh, for st- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I go to thanks bed for early staying days. up with us. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. It was so good. Yeah. This it was great. It wasn't too awkward meeting for the first time and talking on a podcast, was it? <laughs> Just a little. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if we never talk again, then, you know, I got my answer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there was no heresy or anything like that, so that's good. Um <laughs> yeah awesome well thank you so much uh and thank you guys for listening uh to the fire podcast once again um please like all of our stuff on social media share this podcast share it with your friends it continues to grow we continue to add new nations um which is really beautiful that this is being heard all over the world so thank you so much uh for sharing it and uh, be sure to go and rate the podcast on the uh, Apple Podcast app. Uh, there, you can give it five stars, and that'll help us show up higher on the search, uh, the search bar when people look for the Fire Podcast, because um, we are not the only Fire Podcast. <laughs> so it helps if you if you give that a rating. Um, just helps more people find it, and then following, subscribing, all those things. Um, all the things that the youth do these days. Uh, so, and then if this uh, if this ministry is, has impacted in any way, would you please just consider uh, supporting a, a, the the podcast and and what's happening here? Um, lives are being touched, and there's so many testimonies coming in. So, um, you can support the Fire Podcast by going to firemovement.com/support. There, you can choose to give a one time or uh, monthly gift, however you would like to do that. Um, and as always, please share your testimonies with us. Reach out. You can also do that through the website. Um, you can do that through our Instagram, which is Encounter Fire. Um, that's our Instagram handle. Um, you can DM me on there and share testimonies, but we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, this has been the Fire Podcast. <laughs>